Good afternoon to all of our fellow health enthusiasts. My name is Aubrey Mast and I am a professor of nutrition. This is a new podcast developed by my friend and colleague, Dr. Charles Benz, and we call the show Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. We search the internet every day to find the best scientific studies that can be used to improve the health of every interested person. You will not see many of these studies in conventional media because most of the doctors do not have the time or the interest in finding them. And there are some special interests that are also less than enthusiastic about you knowing about these studies. Every week we will explore nutritional science that has the potential to prevent and even reverse 90% of chronic illness. This could save many lives and help to stop the healthcare crisis that will eventually bankrupt our country. This is frequently called functional medicine and has been adopted by thousands of doctors as well as some medical schools and hospitals, such as the Cleveland Clinic. Today's program is entitled Lowering Blood Pressure Naturally. Hi, Dr. Benz. Hi, Aubrey. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah, this is going to be a good one because, you know, blood pressure is a serious problem and it causes heart attacks and it causes strokes. And uh, there's studies out there that show that, you know, 60% of people don't even know they have high blood pressure. And so it's kind of like the silent killer. I mean, it's even had uh, articles out there written about the silent killer, blood pressure. And so the, the first thing that I would say to people is, uh, for goodness sakes, get a wellness checkup with your doctor and make sure your blood pressure is tested. And here's a tip. Don't let them slap that blood pressure test thing on you immediately when you're in the office because you're going to experience high blood pressure a majority of the time. What I like to do is sit for at least five minutes and practice some good deep breathing because deep breathing will calm those blood pressure vessels down. It will bring more oxygen into your body and you're going to find that you're going to get a much better honest reading of your blood pressure after you've taken about five minutes of calmly uh, deep breathing and concentrating on clearing your brain of any issues and getting stress out of your head. So that's my first tip for today, uh, along with the fact that, you know, they keep saying 120 over 80 is the magic formula. You know, all the science is moving towards 115 over 75. And they say, well, if you get older, you know, it's okay to have a higher blood pressure. No, it's not. It's not okay at all. It's just because most people have higher blood pressure that they say, oh, well, then it must be acceptable. It's not. And so that, those are my two tips. Lower your blood pressure by, by doing some deep breathing in the, in the doctor's office and aim for 115 over 75 because that to me is the ideal level. So what's your starting point with this whole topic? Well, I think it's just really important to talk about um, that one in three individuals in the United States at this point in time are considered to be hypertensive, um, meaning that they have high blood pressure. And, you know, and to your point the, of the silent killer, I mean, we're talking about cardiovascular disease, we're talking about stroke, and we're also talking about kidney failure, the potentiality for all of those Um and it being preventable, it being easily addressed through diet and lifestyle modifications. You know, in the 1920s, there was some research that was done comparing uh, Westerners to Kenyans. And Kenyans traditionally have a vegan diet. And what they were showing was having blood pressure of 110 over 70. And so this caused these researchers to be like, that's not possible when most Americans at that point in time were anywhere from 125 to over 80 and higher. 
So that premise that you spoke of, of like, well, can we control high blood pressure? Absolutely we can. And it takes diet, but also lifestyle modifications and continual repetitive actions in order for the blood pressure to be systematically reduced so that this conversation becomes kind of irrelevant, honestly. Well, you know, there, there, there are s- several factors. I mean, if you go on the, on the internet, you can find out uh, a high salt diet's not good. Uh, excess alcohol is not good. You can have genetic factors. You can have ethnetic factors. You can have obesity or smoking. Those are factors. You can have low physical activity. You can have a buildup of plaque in the body and poor nutrition. So there's a multiplicity of reasons for this. But we know what the what the causes are. But let's take a crack at what we think we can do about those. Which one of those do you want to take on? Because uh, I can... I can address them all, but you're usually the nutrition pro here. So what do you what do you got? <laughs> well, I think the first place to start is that uh, vegetarian and vegan diets have been shown to basically drop blood pressure into that 110, 115 range within a 30-day period. And so my, my standpoint will forever be we all need to adopt more plant-based diets, no matter what that means and what that looks like for us as individuals. There's a couple of heavy hitters that come out strong of the gate that are shown in research to reduce blood pressure. If you don't want to say, start adopting more fiber rich foods, which again, the fiber, especially when we're talking about heart disease and type two diabetes and obesity and weight gain and cancer is really the magical cue along with phytochemicals. So the fiber is going to be a theme that comes up here. Flax seeds are fantastic ways of lowering blood pressure. Now, here's the key with flaxseed. If you're eating a whole flaxseed, you're not actually breaking apart that cell wall. So your body's not able to access the fiber or the omegas, these good essential fatty acids that are found in the fiber. So it's really important to get ground flaxseed or to ground the flaxseed yourself. And there's some research that was done by showing that just adding a tablespoon of ground flaxseed daily into your diet. So I'm saying like a tablespoon into your oatmeal, into baking muffins, into your smoothie. I mean, you can hide it really easily. Sprinkle it onto your salad that that can drop blood pressure. The research that I'm quoting was it was dropping blood pressure 15 to 20 points over a two to three week period. And that's pretty impressive. And it does not include any pharmaceutical intervention for reducing blood pressure. Another one that comes up for reducing blood pressure is hibiscus tea. Now, that one shows a lot of heavy hitters in the sense that it's rich in phytochemicals. It has these proanthocyanins in them, which are the color compounds that we know impact blood pressure. And when uh, the researchers were looking at um, having people drink hibiscus tea once a day, that they saw an increase in the antioxidant level, so immune system function, but they also saw a decrease in blood pressure by up to eight points. So, and they were comparing it to a blood pressure medication and were showing that hibiscus tea was actually just as beneficial as this blood pressure medication was. The other like nutrient and um, food that I think is really important to have in consumption when we're talking about lowering blood pressure is beets. Now, beets are rich because they have nitric oxide in them and they're a nitrate vegetable. And so nitrates, we know, really help with reduction of blood pressure. 
and they also increase the oxygen capacity in our body. And so all three of those, the hibiscus tea, beets or beet juice or flax seeds are really wonderful ways to drop the blood pressure, especially if you're using it in conjunction with changing the diet towards more of that plant-based fiber-rich phytochemical heavy diet intake. Wow, yeah, that was that was fantastic. Uh, I, th- I think the confirmation of that comes from a, a book and a study called the Dash Diet, and the Dash Diet really did uh, great, get re- great results with that plant-based diet. And and the one thing that I would add to that from a food point of view is some doctors are actually using garlic instead of prescription medications, and so you can you can you can eat it uh, by itself, but also you can get it in a concentrate in a supplement form. And so I've, there's plenty of doctors that I know that are using this garlic, the aged garlic, which actually has uh, high levels of this allicin in it. And it actually is able to do a lot of the things that you're talking about. Uh, so adding that to the other three things, I mean, those are like four magical bullets to me. And then here's the, here's the, here's the fifth one that I would add, sunshine. I did a little experiment on myself, and I actually uh, took my blood pressure in the sun before uh, before I I, I, I did it, uh, before I put myself in the sun, I uh, took my blood pressure, and then I went in the blood in the sun for about 20 minutes. My blood pressure went down 10 to 15 points every time. Now, how is that possible, you know? Well, remember that nitric oxide you said is in the beets? When the, when the ultraviolet light hits your skin, it produces nitric oxide. And it actually helps to, actually also it, it expands the blood vessels. And it also helps to make vitamin D out of the cholesterol that's underneath your skin. All three of those things can lower blood pressure. Vitamin D can help to do it. And the nitric acids can help to do it. And expanding the blood uh, blood vessels a little bit with the sun also does it and so just that those few diet changes and a little bit of sunshine every day and bingo you're going to have lower blood pressure but we know that it's not as simple as that that's kind of like okay we we can do that on a uh, on an occasional basis but we're talking about making sure your blood pressure is as good as it can be all the time so uh, what are some of the sustain, sustainable things that we need to do? I mean, the plant-based diet is in there for sure. And uh, I just, I, I, I'm going to make a big push for magnesium because magnesium is one of the things that we know. If you don't have enough, you end up with not only high blood pressure, but brain problems and heart problems. And so, yeah, that's the dark greens. Maybe you can get enough from a diet. But I also know if you have a predisposition to uh, high blood pressure, magnesium may be something that your body needs. And another thing is, what do you do to make your heart stronger? Because doesn't heart doesn't blood pressure have to do with whether your heart is strong enough? If it has to beat more and more beats under more pressure in order to get out there where it needs to get, what if your heart was stronger? What if you took a supplement coenzyme Q10? and even another one called berberine. They increase the energy production in your heart. And so now the heart is working better, more efficiently. And so now this can lower the blood pressure because your heart is more efficient. We know an engine that's more efficient is gonna work better. 
So those are the two things I would add to the heart equation. What do you think about this whole theory of making a strong heart part of the equation for lower blood pressure? I think that's absolutely essential. And I think that's part of what the DASH diet, you know, was able to prove was that it was, I mean, it's about nutrients, but it's also about exercise um, and movement and the delivery of oxygen through blood vessels. And, you know, that brings up the point about what you were saying when we started this conversation about before you take your blood pressure, make sure you're sitting down and doing deep breathing. So it's about exercise and lifestyle medicine functional medicine so that you can solidify those those nutritional changes to benefit the body and when we talk about exercise it's you know increasing your cardiovascular health through increasing your heart rate but then also the greens are great for the magnesium but also for oxygen delivery um and i just can't help but think too about the mind body aspect because you know we get we can absorb magnesium through epsom salt and that can be considered a self-care model. Well, when we do those types of things, we naturally lower our blood pressure because we're com- becoming calm and we're stimulating the parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system so that we can move out of fight and flight and into rest and digest. And when we move out into that rest and digest perspective, then our blood pressure will lower. And those are ways that we can amplify what we're doing through dietary interventions. And I, I know you're a big uh, a big advocate of, of, of maintaining stress levels too, because stress is a blood pressure factor. And we know that if you're going to determine whether you have too much stress or not, you just have to check your cortisol levels because your blood will tell you whether you're stressed too much and it'll produce that hormone called cortisol from your adrenals. And so to me, even though it's not like an exercise, uh, but I think meditation and yoga are really, really powerful in terms of weight loss. Because if you can create a calm mind, and 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 when you're stressed, remember it's it's kind of like you, there's those arteries, those veins and muscles they stiffen up. It's the same as if you eat a very fat-based food um, like a burger and some fries. For two and a half hours after that, you've got stiff arteries because that's your body trying to protect itself. So stress and toxins and the wrong diet, they all kind of combined to challenge the epithelial lining of your, of your arteries. And so to me, I think if you add a little bit of maybe 20, 30 minutes of yoga or, or, or uh, meditation every day, you're creating a calm mind. You're giving your muscles and your, and your vessels, your blood vessels, a chance to relax. And then when you do exercise, those blood vessels are expanding and contracting, expanding and contracting. That makes them more flexible. And so if you don't exercise, you're going to end up with stiff muscles. And, and anyway, the blood can't go through. If the blood can't expand in those blood vessels, that's when you get the high blood pressure. So we have to create vessels that are expandable. And so that means you also have to make sure you eat enough vitamin E and enough fish oil. The right oils will help to make those cells softer and more flexible. And so the science says vitamin E helps to make the membrane of your cells softer. Fish oil helps to make the membranes of your cells softer. So does that jive with the stuff that you know as well? Completely. We're on the same page. <laughs> all right, that's good. Yeah. I always, I always, I always risk having you say, "No, Doctor Benji got it all wrong this time." 
and that's and that's okay if it happens and you got the science then i could i can stand corrected i'm gonna go controversial on you here okay because you know uh, they did a study of of uh, young men in uh, the army uh, i forget what the exact date of it was but it was like 20 or 30 years ago and uh, they also did one during world war ii and anyway both of these studies showed that these 18 19 20 year olds some of them a majority of them, let's just say that, a majority of them had the arteries of a, 50, of a 70 and 80 year old. In other words, they already had plaque. So you think about plaque as being something that only happens to a person as they age, but that's not true. The diets today are so bad that I think young people are getting more illnesses and more problems and plaque is one of them. And so to me, I mean, the plant-based diet and some supplements that we know work are good, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say your doctor needs to talk to you about a thing called serapeptase. And serapeptase is an enzyme from uh, the silkworm, and this this enzyme has actually been known to take plaque out of your body. So if you have a buildup, you've had an MRI, you've had some other test, and it shows you have plaque. Plaque is one of the reasons for high blood pressure because that means your epithelial lining is stiff and there's got a plaque buildup in it and that that epithelial lining can't function the way it's supposed to, exchanging the nitric oxide and other things it needs to. And so serapeptase has the science behind it that shows that it can actually remove this plaque from your body. But you have to make sure that uh, your doctor's looking at the medications that you may be taking to see whether they contraindicate or not. But I know people who are using nanokinase, serapeptase, and other of these, uh, these types of enzymes to help clean out the body because the body needs to be cleaned out of all the toxins and all the things in there that shouldn't be in there. And guess what the major thing is that takes those things out of your body, including plaque, serapeptase so that's one thing i would say to people uh, if you have a plaque problem uh, don't wait until you need a, a, a four artery bypass surgery uh, get yourself uh, some some proper supplements and some proper diet to reduce that uh, that plaque and improve the flexibility of those uh, those vessels because if you don't then you're going to be a victim and i think i think those are the things that 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 i would recommend Make sure when you do your blood test, you find out what your C-reactive protein is. Make sure you know what your cortisol level is. Are there any mar other markers that you can think of, Aubrey, that we should make sure people put in these blood tests to, to see whether they're on their way to developing a stroke or, or a heart attack? I always like to look at the white blood cell count just because that is a good indicator of immune system function. Um, you know, and I think just it's real at this point in time in society, when we look at one in two individuals being overweight in our country and one in three people being hypertensive and like the, just the statistics go on, it, you know, I met with a, a cardiovascular surgeon a couple of years ago in the town that I live and he was doing a, a bypass surgery on an eight year old and he reported the eight year old had the arteries, the size, uh, the size of a 70 year old with atherosclerosis. So he had such bad plaque buildup that the surgeon couldn't tell the difference between the age of the um, patient he was he was operating on. And I, I 
that example's always stuck with me because I think in our society, we just need to make a blanket assumption at this point in time. If we're eating that standard American diet that is rich in processed foods, it's rich in fatty foods, it's rich in sugary foods, and is devoid of fiber and devoid of phytochemicals and nutrients and minerals like we keep talking about, then there's going to be atherosclerotic plaques that are starting to build up, especially when we have a diet that's really rich in animal fats. And all of those are correlated with an increase of blood pressure, an increase of obesity, an increase of type 2 diabetes, an increase of cancer risk. So really, you know, we can look at the inflammatory markers, but with the, looking at the inflammatory markers, I think as individuals, it becomes our personal responsibility to just to start changing our diet towards the detoxification, what you were just talking about. We do this through fiber and several other nutrients, like you mentioned. And then to address our stress and our inflammation levels by using lifestyle medicine, and that's the role of functional medicine through and through. Wow, I'm glad you brought up the young person because you said he's eight year old. Well, my my grandson is eight yep. years old, and he's been drinking a green powder drink since he was six months old. And I I just said to to my daughter in law, you know, the, the diets just aren't as good as they should be. And here's a powder that you can put in a drink and he's six months old. He won't know the difference. He won't care. He won't, he won't go yucky, yucky. He can't even talk yet. He, you just, you just put some apples, uh, juice in there and mix it up and he's going to drink it. He's, he's drunk it every day of his life since then. And, and the other thing, as soon as he started to talk and we started to interact, I started to encourage him to eat vegetables every meal. And do you know, he shows me pictures of his breakfast now with the broccoli on it. <laughs> and and we just mm -hmm. we have this great relationship where now he's an advocate and so when he goes into the store and his mother's buying something he goes uh mommy you think we should buy that um you know grandpa chuck said that that might be something that might not be good for us and she just said that when he does that she says oh my god my eight-year-old son is correcting me on what i'm supposed to be eating and, and i just think <laughs> it's so cool so we can create a culture where parents and kids can actually be healthy. And I actually, because, you know, some of the people that I work with are on a budget, I not only get them to do the green drink because it's all made with organic materials, I also ask them, go to the frozen, frozen food section and buy yourself some frozen vegetables because you can buy frozen organic vegetables that are better than the fresh vegetables that, are, that have all the pesticides in them. And so there's tricks that you can, you can use to try to get people to consume the right foods on a regular basis. They say, oh, vegetables at, at breakfast time? You gotta be kidding me. I've been eating two or three vegetables at breakfast time for the last 30 or 40 years. <laughs> and I've been advocating it to almost everybody that I know. But we fall into these habits where we have cereals and more grains and orange juice and other things that have some nutrients in it but they end up not having as many nutrients as they should have for what we need on a daily basis. And so I, I'm, I'm with you 100% on it. I just, I hope there's a way that we can get the mothers and, and, and all people to pay more attention to this. I don't know, what, what do you have any secrets that you wanna share with me on that? <laughs> I think education and having the conversations and then, you know, Putting, making sustainable steps and making them small. So today you start with, you know, an extra serving of broccoli or you start with walking farther to your car or you start with taking a, a couple of deep breaths. Tomorrow it may be different, 
but making the steps very small and attainable is going to make a major difference because we're talking about, we're not talking about a sprint here, right? We're talking about a long distance journey. And I think that uh, the palatability, in other words, making foods palatable uh, is a, is a concern. I had a, I had a college friend uh, that all he ate was French fries. And I thought, you know, I didn't know much at that time, but I thought that can't be right. <laughs> there has there has to be something wrong with this picture eventually. And and so I think young people get into these habits that they like this food and they don't like that food. And once you get into this like and don't like thing and you get into arguing with the parents, then it becomes a challenge. There's a, a program that was developed by Antonia Demas. And Antonia Demas is a really strong advocate of the vegetarian lifestyle. And she developed a program for eighth graders. And what she did is she made that program so interesting. It covered geography, it covered mathematics, it covered nutrition, it covered history. And so she was able to get these eighth grade kids so interested in this topic that they used foods from around the world, they developed their own recipes, and then they went into the school cafeteria and introduced them into the school cafeteria. And guess what the kids eventually learned? These foods are healthy. They were developed by my peers, not by some school cafeteria person or from the FDA or somewhere. These were from the peers. So I think getting schools to develop this kind of a program, uh, it's I think it's called the golden golden nugget something like that and uh, it's actually a program that any school can put in place and it's now in over 200 schools across the country and i think this is the way to get this whole program developed in a way that uh, it, it, it lasts for generations and so that would be my pitch to try to get the uh, the, the golden carrot it's the golden carrot award and i would recommend everybody who's listening Go to your schools and try to get them. They'll do an evaluation of your of your food program and tell you what the strengths and the weaknesses are. And then they'll tell you how to move towards the Golden Carrot Award because there are plenty of schools across the country that have actually won the Golden Carrot Award. And so that's my pitch for the day. And uh, I think we're almost out of time, so we have to talk to our sponsors a little bit or about them. And we're going to tell about the four sponsors that help us to make... Uh, Healing Trends with Dr. Ben's Possible. Uh, The Southern uh, Trust Financial Planning Company is great financial planners, but they also, I've been working with them for about 20 years now on webinars where they actually make their clients, uh, not make them, but help them to come to these webinars and workshops. And the idea is if you got this money that you're helping to develop this, this family wealth, if you're not able to enjoy it by being healthy, what good does it do? And so several other uh, financial planners across the country are doing the same thing now. So the leader in all this movement was the Southern Trust Financial Planning in Sarasota, Florida. So I would urge anybody who's interested in doing very, very different kind of of, uh, financial planning, that's a company you might consider. Uh, Another one of the sponsors is DHA Laboratories. DHA Labs has been a pioneer in blood testing, especially for the brain. They started back in the 50s and 60s doing really advanced biochemistry testing of the brain in order to find out what was going on there so that they could prevent things like schizophrenia and depression and anxiety and Alzheimer's. 
so this is a really progressive company. They're the one that I use to develop all the tests that I have. I have an immune test and a wellness test and a cancer test and a brain test. Uh, but DHA Labs works with companies, with wellness programs, with, uh, with individuals. And so I would recommend DHA Labs for any of the blood or urine tests that you need. They know the advanced tests that can find things early. And I think that's where you want to be. You want to find it early. The, the, the earlier you can find something happening in your body, the better it is. And DHA Labs helps to do that. Hepatic Pools is another one of our sponsors, and they have a vacuum extractor. They take off the uh, the chlorine gas that's uh, emanating from all pools. And this is one of the dangerous parts of swimming because this gas can actually deplete levels of zinc, which then can deplete levels of vitamin D3. So this extractor takes about 95% of these toxins uh, off the surface and helps people to be able to, to breathe uh, a better air, more oxygen-filled air, and make that exercise totally positive instead of having this negative aspect in it with these uh, chlorine gases. So paddock pools is uh, the answer for healthy pools. And M MPB Health, uh, that's a company that's really challenged the status quo as far as health insurance goes. And so now you can have their program, which cuts out the middleman and administrative costs and helps to make you healthy so that you can have lower premiums. And so their costs are about 30 to 50% less per month than health insurance. And this is because they promote wellness and they help your, their clients to become healthier, which lowers the overall cost that they pass on uh, to their client base. So MPB Health, is, uh, they have some videos online. You can check them out. And if you're an individual or you're a small business, the, this is a company you really want to consider for covering your healthcare costs. So that's it for today. Aubrey, thanks a lot. This time goes really fast. I really appreciate your input and I enjoyed it a lot. <music>